Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Tuesday, September 30th, 2008. On today's show, we finish up the television season, we talk about some exciting stuff coming from PKD Media, and we say goodbye to a Hollywood legend. All right, so we'll start off. I'm going to uh, just read you uh, a press release that, uh, that I received from PKD Media. Um, anyway, here it is. Coming to DCBService.com and HeroesCorner.com in October, Mercury and the Murd, the collected edition from PKD Media. Collecting issues one to four of Mercury and the Murd, this comic is the perfect jump-on point for new readers who want to follow the exploits of Comic Geek Speak's own Adam Murdo, a.k.a. the Murd, and his new partner, Beck Mercury, as they attempt to solve a bizarre crime that takes place on the seedy streets of Dayton, Ohio. Follow Mercury and the Murd as they battle their way through ninjas, men in monkey suits, cosplay patrons, and more. The front cover is provided by Dave Dwanch. Artwork in, on the interior is provided by Chad Ciccone and Dave Dwanch, with the back cover and pinups by Flint Lockjaw. Additional pinups by various artists, and it is all written by Sean Pryor. Now, for those who, that have already purchased issues one to three, some tweaking has been made to give you more, because PKD Media only wants to give you the best. You, the reader, deserve it. Chad Ciccone has gone back to issue one and re-inked the entire issue and re-penciled some pages as well. But wait, there's more. If you purchase a copy of Mercury and the Murd, the collected edition, you'll also get a free Katie Cook print of Mercury and the Murd. No one can resist Katie Cook artwork. No one. And I got to agree with this. Um, I've, I've got actually a couple of Katie Cook sketches, and they're awesome. You can check her stuff out at katiecandraw.com. Anyway, the book is 48 pages, and uh, it's in black and white. It's 45 pages worth of comics, three pages of ads, and the, uh, the MSRP is $3.99. If you order it from DCBS and uh, Heroes Corner, it's $2.60. That's like... Honestly, for the entertainment you're you're gonna get out of this, because I've read uh, I've read the first three issues and it's a fantastic book. It's a lot of fun, and uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, and, and you know, he says here, I hope you give us a chance to prove that our comics are worthy of your time. And I gotta tell you, they really are. It's it's a really fun read, and um, you know, Sean has really put together a a, a great book here, and um, and is is a tireless promoter of it. And so you definitely need to to check out. Uh, check out his stuff because it, it's it's a lot of fun if you love uh 70s cop dramas you know like uh starsky and hutch and that sort of thing you'll love this book uh if you're a fan of the comic geek speak show there's a whole lot of little in jokes there as well um but it, it's nothing that takes you out of the story if you're not familiar with that stuff it's just a, a really fun cop story and i mean come on there's ninjas people in monkey suits and and cosplay patrons come on um, anyway, as uh, as he says, no ninjas or monkeys were harmed in the creation of this comic. And Mercury and the Murder is brought to you by PKD Media, putting fun back in comics since two thousand eight. And uh, you know, it's a it's it's a it's a new startup in pub in uh, comic publishing. But I'll tell you, this guy does it upright. You know, he shows up at the at the conventions. He's even done action figures for them. You can buy a soundtrack for the uh, for the comics. Um, you know, it's it's just great stuff, and I really encourage you to check out the uh, the things that uh, that Sean's got going on. It's it's it really does put the fun back in comics. Anyway, um, moving on to the next item. Uh, of course, uh, we lost uh, a legend on the weekend, and that's Paul Newman, uh, who was uh, died at the age of eighty three. He was born January nineteen twenty five. Uh, passed away from cancer and uh, complications arising from lung cancer at any rate and, uh, and died at his home in Westport, Connecticut. 
Of course, he was an Academy Award winning uh, actor, a film director, entrepreneur, humanitarian, and auto racing, auto racing enthusiast. Uh, he was actually nominated seven times for Academy Awards, won once for The Color of Money, and um, won several national championships as a driver in the Sports Car Club of America Road Racing, and um, also in won several championships in open wheel IndyCar racing. Um, Won three Golden Globe Awards, a BAFTA Award, a Screen Actors Guild Award, a Cannes Film Festival Award, an Emmy. And then he founded, also founded uh, Newman's Own, a food company from which he donated all post-tax profits and royalties to charity. As of last May, uh, these donations had exceeded uh, $220 million US. Just um, absolutely amazing. And I mean, you look in, into, his, into his career, he of course started out in the... Uh, in the 50s, he did some uh, he did some Broadway theater, including uh, Picnic, Desperate Hours, and Sweet Bird of Youth. Uh, his first movie in 1954 was The Silver Chalice, followed by uh, Somebody Up There Likes Me, where he played Rocky Graziano. Then, of course, um, a, a famous early role from him, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, opposite Elizabeth Taylor. Um, my my, you know, I mean, there were there were tons of other movies: Exodus, The Hustler, HUD, Harper, uh, Cool Hand Luke, The Towering Inferno, Slapshot, The Verdict. My two favorites, though: Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and The Sting. And and usually people, a lot of people talk about Butch and Sundance, but I mean, but the, for me, it's The Sting. It's just a fantastic, um, just a fantastic. Movie, um, and it's of course both of those movies uh, were were teaming him with uh, with fellow actor uh, Robert Redford and director George Roy Hill. Can't recommend those uh, highly enough. If you whether whether you've seen them or not, uh, it's just amazing stuff. Anyway, of course, um, no tribute to Newman is uh, is complete without talking about uh, his his racing enthusiasm. This started when he did the movie Winning in 1969, and he loved training for that movie so much that he actually got into ra racing um, and had his first professional event in 1972, won many championships, as I detailed off the top, and, and just, just pretty impressive stuff. And, um, you know, you... you, you uh, Paul Newman. I mean, the guy. The guy is a, a you know a true film idol. In fact, uh, the comic book artist Gil Kane used Newman's face as the basis when he when he uh, was creating his initial sketches for Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. So if you uh, read those early uh, Green Lantern comics, that was Paul Newman. Anyway, uh, a, a true legend, um, retired from acting last year, saying that you start to lose your memory, you start to lose your confidence, you start to lose your invention. So I think that's pretty much a closed book for me. You know, he felt he couldn't continue acting on the level that he would want to, so decided that he was, wasn't going to anymore. Anyway, a definite loss uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Hollywood firm, and, and you know, you need, more, you need more guys like Paul Newman. So, gonna talk uh, about the TV season. Gonna finish that off, and it's basically just Friday uh, that, that I've got to cover here. Um, of course, the uh, the um, Saturday has become the home of reruns, and uh, and that's pretty much it. So, if we look at uh, if we look at what's going on on the grid on uh, Fridays, uh, we have uh, on ABC Wife Swap at eight o'clock, followed by Super Nanny at nine, followed by Twenty Twenty at ten. Um, on CBS is The Ghost Whisperer at 8, followed by The X List, and uh, then followed by Numbers. On uh, NBC, it's America's Toughest Jobs, Crusoe, and, and then Life. The CW has Everybody Hates Chris in the Game in the 8 o'clock hour, followed by America's Next Top Model. And over on Fox, it's Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader and Don't Forget the Lyrics.
So let's just talk uh, The Ghost Whisperer. Um, uh, of course, Jay Moore has left the show to move on to his new show, uh, Gary Unmarried, which I caught last week and was actually really funny. Um, Jamie Kennedy will be uh, coming on to the show. He will be playing a psychiatrist. That's right. Jamie, Jamie Kennedy is playing a psychiatrist. I don't think I need to say any more about that. Uh, moving on to 9 o'clock is The X List, and that's starring, um, I better not mix up her name, Elizabeth Reeser, not Autumn Reeser. Elizabeth Reeser, uh, who showed up uh, in a multi-episode arc on Grey's Anatomy over the last couple of years. And um, she basically plays a woman named Bella who, you know, she just wants to get married. That's what, that's what she really wants. And uh, so she is yearning for marriage. Anyway, she, she meets a psychic and is told that she has already met the one. Someone that she went out with before. So basically the whole thing is, the whole premise of the show is she uh, gets in touch with her exes and needs to uh, redate them to see which one is the one. Uh, hopefully they move beyond the basic premise quickly. Um, anyway, this was based on a, a, a hit show in Israel. And Risa says it's very full of sex and lots of naughtiness and stuff. Uh, so they're going for the uh, humor and emotion um, line basically uh it hasn't done traditionally done well in the, in uh, in that time period you know or certainly on friday nights period not that any show does great on friday nights but um you know it, it's been the stuff of of genre like uh, ghost whisperer that's done well um you know of course i think of alicia silverstone series a couple of years ago mismatch and that was definitely a mismatch for the time period but that's kind of the territory that this is treading on uh, is the whole romantic comedy kind of thing but the key is they've always got to remember the comedy. So um, anyway, uh, as I said, uh, everybody hates Chris has moved to uh, moved to Fridays now, and I hope that doesn't uh, signal the death now because Chris is starting high school now, so you know that's going to be fun. And they've got Orlando Jones playing sort of a bizarre Bill Cosby type character, so I'm really interested to see where they end up going with this. Um, so those are the basics. Uh, oh, I, I I forgot about Crusoe. How can I forget about Crusoe? This is really interesting because basically this is the tale of Robinson Crusoe, which, of course, many of us remember. You know, it's the uh, the guy in the 1800s gets shipwrecked uh, on an island and has to basically survive. And uh, he meets an island native named which who, whom he names Friday. And uh, they need to survive on an island that's plagued by cannibals and mutineers. So here, the interesting thing about this is, when's the last time they did a an adventure series that was a period piece adventure series that wasn't a syndicated show. I can't remember either. And uh, so so I think that's really interesting. Um, definitely going to be checking this one out and see how it goes. Um, you know, hey, I'm all for when they try to do something different because different isn't what gets done a lot of the time. Uh, let's see. Moving on to other things. Um, Marvel has upped their uh, their film unit uh, outlook. Basically, they've uh, re- follow- following initial payments of sixty million dollars from Viacom's Paramount Pictures, which of course distributed uh, Iron Man. Paramount is going to also distribute Marvel's next five self-produced feature films across the world, and that came from a, a joint statement from the two companies. Marvel expects 2008 revenue from its film production segment between 125 million and 140 million compared with a prior forecast of $65 million to $80 million, um, that according to a regulatory fi- filing. Uh, the initial payment uh, from Paramount to Marvel was not offset by any production or marketing expenses related to the Iron Man DVD release. Um, and of course, 
Marvel entered the filmmaking market with Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk in the second quarter. Um, anyway, uh, Paramount is going to distribute a whole bunch of forthcoming movies from the Marvel stable, including Iron Man 2, Thor, The First Avenger, Captain America, and The Avengers. Um, and of course, uh, yesterday they announced a director for Thor, and it's Kenneth Branagh. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, Kenneth Branagh, does, this, does that mean this is going to end up being like the Ang Lee Hulk, where it's going to be kind of the the deep psychological uh, exploration? All I can say is, go see Henry V. Well, don't go see it, just like rent it or whatever. Or if you haven't seen it, why haven't you seen it? Fantastic adaptation of the Shakespeare play. To the point, I remember thinking, uh, this, and this is going back about 10 years ago, was that... Um, you know, no one should be allowed to do Shakespeare movies except for Kenneth Branagh. He did a great job with Henry V and Hamlet. And, um, you know, I, he just did a really good job about making it interesting. And uh, so so he he's basically become the sort of the unlikely choice to uh, to take care to take Thor uh, to the screen. But hey, you know what? That's what they said about John Favreau. <clears throat> you know, Favreau was basically what the elf guy. The elf guy is gonna gonna direct uh, Iron Man. That's crazy. And the movie was huge. The movie, and more importantly, the movie was good. So, uh, so here we have it. Uh, Kenneth Branagh to uh, to direct uh, Thor. Of course, you know a lot of people think to themselves, well, I guess that makes it makes sure that we're gonna get the thee and thou stuff uh, talking for uh, for Thor. And yeah, I think you know your odds of of hearing him say yea verily have have become that much more likely. Uh, they say that the script is a more Lord of the Rings than Spider Man adventure, and uh, it was written by I Am Legends Mark. Pr- Pr- Mark Protasevich, I've butchered his name, and I'm sorry. Um, and and it should be a good fit for uh, Kenneth Branagh's classical background. Um, he says that it, it's meant to be a big epic and kind of old world. And so this this seems very exciting. And um, you know, they're doing a really good job of getting the of getting the movies made and out there. And they're doing a good job of making them exciting. Um, and and I think that's a great thing. And you know, I mean. Come on, the first Avenger, Captain America, it means you know that it's going to take place in World War II, which is awesome. And I wonder if they're going to do that whole thing. I mean, they've been talking about this Avengers product project in all the movies. Are they going to do it where at the end of the, the Captain America movie, he gets frozen and then gets thawed out in the Avengers movie? Could be cool. Anyway, it's all the time we got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com or head on over to the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com and let us know what you think. Have a great week.